Don't keep your day job as supported by Pocket, your space to absorb all the amazing content you find on the web. Fill the Pocket app with those articles, long reads, and videos that catch your eye and create a quiet corner to focus on your interests. Transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox. Download from your app store. Thanks to Candid for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. You're one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Plus, when you use my dedicated link, candidco.com slash dreamjob, you're going to save 25% off on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com slash dreamjob to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Hey guys, this is Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. How you doing? How's your day going? How's your week going? Did you guys hear Monday's episode we did with Lara Casey? I hope you heard it. It was one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. I think she is such a bright light. I think that what she is talking about and sharing and expressing in the work that she does, encouraging people to find what's buried in there and to encourage you to keep going, even in those moments where things feel really hopeless or overwhelming. It's so important. And I want to remind you of something that she said on her Instagram and I reposted it on my Instagram and she said something really simple. She said, it's okay to grow slow. And I think that we are so hard on ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We don't focus on what we're doing right. We keep comparing ourselves to other people. And that is really, really harming us and it is keeping us stuck. And it's not even true. It's such an illusion to compare yourself to someone else's wins because you're not seeing what's going on behind the scenes. And think of how many things in life grow slowly. What about relationships that mean the most to you? Those are things that took time to build. Really that trust and that organic connectedness between people it grew over time. Some of my best friends I've known for 15, 20 years, and it's just like a stew that just keeps simmering and it gets sweeter and sweeter and the depth of the relationship grows. You know, I recently heard that with bamboo, it takes five years of the watering and the fertilizing process for that bamboo to actually become something. And then after five years, it finally breaks through the ground. And then in six weeks, it grows nearly 90 feet tall. So the question is, did it grow 90 feet tall in six weeks? Or did it grow 90 feet tall in five years? I think that we have to really stop and pause and look at what we're doing right and make a decision that we are going to be a lot more patient with ourselves because we set ourselves up for defeat if we are going to give ourselves such a hard time because inevitably you're going to hit a wall or you're going to feel overwhelmed or you're going to lose creative inspiration or some rejection is going to come along. And if you set yourself up to be so defeated and so derailed by, by those feelings and those, those things that happen, those hurdles that come up, we're, we're never going to push through. And so I want you to think of this like growing bamboo and watering it and fertilizing it. It is making a difference. You might not see it, but it absolutely is making a difference and it's going to sprout. And that's why I think it's so important that Angela Duckworth said the word develop rather than discover. On our way, on our search, as we muddle through, as we're on the journey, we grow and all the things that we're looking for, they come to find us. So I encourage you to keep being patient with yourself, keep being kind to yourself, because little by little by little, 
those little steps add up to big steps. And so I hope that today maybe you'll sit down and write, you know, a blog post or put up something on your Etsy shop and maybe make the whole goal of it just having fun. You know, maybe try to get out of that gridlock of having to make sure every single second you spend is equal to a result, is equal to being productive. I think that we need to just surrender more to letting ourselves, uh, like Laura talks about, cultivate and express. And, and by the way, we're giving away two sets of her power sheets, which is an incredible, it's sort of like getting a, a life coach sent to your house in these power sheets. It really helps you clarify and prioritize what's important. And it helps you to get yourself into a process that's going to pull out of you all the wisdom and all the brilliance that's there. So we're going to give away two of these tomorrow. All you've got to do is come on over to my Instagram. You'll see a post about Lara. Um, it'll tell you exactly what to do. And I'll be giving away two of them tomorrow. So thank you guys so much. And by the way, come follow me on Instagram because I respond to every single DM. I've been getting to meet so many people from all over the world. Yesterday, I spoke to somebody from Queensland, Australia. The day before, I spoke to somebody who's in Chile. Uh, the day before that, I spoke to someone in New York City. And this morning, I talked to someone who's in Norway. So come on over, follow me on Instagram at kathy.heller. I'll answer every DM, but also I, I respond to most of the comments too. So it's a really fun place for us to interact. So today we're going to do a couple things. First, I'm going to talk about some of your wins, some of the things that this incredible community is doing. I think it will inspire you to hear what fellow listeners are doing to take action with these dreams and seeing the momentum that's sprouting. So I'll talk about some of the wins. I'll also answer a couple questions. And then, like we started doing last week, I want to be interviewing people who are not necessarily making hundreds of millions of dollars or on the cover of magazines. I want to also interview people who are just maybe six steps ahead, people who are making an awesome living working full-time doing what they love so that you can see sort of that middle ground and know that it is really closer than you think. Um, so we're going to talk today to a friend of mine, Naomi Selleck, um, who used to work in the ad space for big ad agencies doing copywriting. And I think she has a great perspective on marketing. She actually wound up having a second career working in the real estate world. But I think that so much of her marketing experience really helped her. We're going to talk today about how she was able to become one of the, the top realtors in this market, which is very competitive and what are some of the things that she learned from her marketing background that can maybe help you to move the needle forward. I love the conversation we had. I'm excited to share it with you today. Okay, let's take a second to thank today's sponsors. Don't Keep Your Day Job is supported by Pocket, the app for reading, watching, and listening to all the amazing content you find on the web. If you love podcasts, you're going to love Pocket's new listen feature, which allows any article you've saved to be read out loud so the rest of you is free to cook, commute, work out, walk, or just relax and listen. Transform the way you read with Pocket from Firefox download from your app store or at getpocket.com. Okay, let's talk about your wins. Okay, so Angela DM me on Instagram and said, Hi, Kathy, you've really encouraged and re-inspired me. I'm a yoga teacher and Reiki master. And for the past 15 years, I've worked as an instructional aide for severely handicapped students. Although it's healing work in itself, it's not where I want to be. And I want to have much more financial freedom. My husband is an amazingly talented artist. And ultimately, we would love to have an art and wellness center. In these past few weeks, I started a moon group to share the teachings of each particular moon phase. Our first gathering is next Monday. I've also been making dream catchers and crystal wrap necklaces, and I also made some great headway on my website. I feel like I'm now running towards something rather than trying to escape my day job. I'm still there, but with a different perspective. I have so many things I want to do, yet always feel paralyzed to decide. So taking your advice, I'm just going for it. I made a Facebook video just as I was, no makeup and didn't care. Taking to heart what has been said about social media and screwing perfect, I'm embracing it all. 
Well, Angel, this means so much to me. Thank you for sharing this. I'm really proud of you for having the courage to stop overthinking and just start somewhere. And yes, I love that you're putting up this video without getting dressed up or putting on makeup. I always say that being the real you, the messy version of you is really truly what makes people connect to you the most anyway. You guys can follow her at Sun and See Yoga or go to her website, Sun and See, that's S-E-A, yoga.com and check out the dream catchers and crystal necklaces she makes. They're beautiful. Angel, keep it up. Okay, another win. I want to give a shout out to Gitsy. She came to our workshop back in October. It was so great to meet her. She's a ceramicist and she sent me this beautiful gift. It was like little bowls. One of them said Kathy on it. One of them said, don't keep your day job. Beautiful little bowls. You could put like earrings in them or cute little trinkets. I was so blown away. Literally speechless when I opened the package. Thank you so much. She's had her work sold in anthropology and uncommon goods. All of it is absolutely gorgeous. So go give her some love. She's at Cinder Ceramics on Instagram or you can go to her website website, cinder, C-I-N-D-E-R, ceramics.com. Thank you so much, Gitty, and I wish you so, so much success going forward. All right, now let's get to one of your questions. Brigitte posted this in the Facebook group. She said, I just listened to the Angela Duckworth podcast and I was inspired, but I also have a frustration about money. What do you do when you're frustrated that the work you love does not bring in the money you want? My financial frustrations are impacting my ability to move forward. I'm a yoga teacher for adults and children, and I want to bring this work to teachers, children, and schools. It's a slow path and I'm doing the work, but everything I do is paid by the hour. So energy, work, and money is all intertwined and I feel drained and tired. For the last year and a half, I've been pondering this question. Maybe it's time for me to find a job that I could really make money at. I want to save more for our kids' college and take some family vacations and not feel so trapped. First of all, Brigitte, thank you for sharing this. I know it can be really hard to be vulnerable and talk about money struggles, but the more you put it out there, the less scary it seems for other people. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, So as always, some of you guys in our group had some really great feedback for Brigitte on how she could use her skills and passion to generate more income. Lucia suggested creating a weekend retreat where she could charge a higher price for tickets. Karen said maybe Brigitte could contact fitness and wellness companies and offer to make them a series of yoga videos for kids. And Nicole had the idea of designing an e-course for kids, tweens, or a parent and child program. You guys, these are amazing ideas, super creative, out of the box. Love, love, love it. So here's what I would say. It's really important that we're constantly trying to strategize and think about how can we monetize what it is that we're doing in the smartest way. You know, there's working hard and then there's working smart. And we do need to put in the time and the hustle, but we want to make sure that we're prioritizing where we really need to, to focus our efforts. And sometimes I see people spinning their wheels and charging by the hour and sort of like teaching one person at a time, that can definitely be difficult. So I love some of the suggestions that our fellow listeners gave you. And I would also start thinking in a similar way how you can offer this to a bigger audience. Now, remember in the past, we talked about your end buyer and your target buyer. So let me go over that again. So your end buyer, that would be the person who sits down and walks into your yoga class and takes your class. And your target buyer might be the person who already has those end buyers in their ecosystem. So it might be that you reach out to a corporation who already wants to create more wellness inside of their big business. Maybe you're reaching out to a doctor's office who wants their staff to 
to be mindful and to feel good. You might be reaching out to businesses who want their employees to feel better. You might be reaching out to a, a big space that holds indoor activities for kids and maybe they already have a list of families um, who come and frequent and maybe they want to offer a big yoga experience. What else can you do? You know, I have a friend who she does sound baths and it's amazing how she's been able to do sound baths for people at Google. She's been able to do sound baths for lots of different gatherings. You know, she's gone into the creative arts spaces. She's gone into the business world. She's gone into the wellness world. Where can you go? Who might be your target buyers? Who might be people who already have a much bigger sphere that you could provide something for? Whose interests might you be in alignment with? I would start thinking about that because there are retreats and events and organizations that day to day might have a need for your services and that might start to expand things much bigger. You know, I have a friend, Susan Kaiser Greenland, who was on the show. She started teaching mindfulness to kids and at first she was studying it and then she was working with kids in her private office, one, you know, one family at a time, one child at a time. She went on to start training other teachers. She went on to start making something much bigger, going into schools. And then when she couldn't be the one to answer every single request, she started something called Inner Kids, where she started putting teachers through a training process where she taught them what it is that she does and she teaches and she started creating different levels of that experience so she could have other teachers who she could refer when the business started to come in. So I know that your goals are doable. I know that what you have in mind, you can find a wider net. You can find a way to really grow this. You just want to start to think about who who you really feel you want to target and what kinds of events can you put together? You know, you could even be doing birthday parties. You could even create an entire experience um, where you have teachers who work for you and then you could have in-home classes and people can call you and you can have a network of yoga teachers who then you send to, to lead a birthday party or to show up um, in the afternoons at people's homes and to teach, you know, maybe a group of children. There's so many ways that you can do this, but I want you to start looking at it from a bigger picture. And I want you to start getting busy. And maybe if you went ahead and made like a flyer, um, you put together something simple, just be messy about it. And then you went on to LinkedIn and message some businesses and see if they'd like you to come in and run a workshop for their employees or see if, you know, you might want to go into a local high school and, and run a session for all the teachers. You're going to start finding momentum really quickly. I want you guys to just think again about your end buyer and your target buyer. And this would be for anybody, you know, even if you're someone like Gitti, who's selling these ceramics, right? So she has her end buyer, the person who's going to buy these little bowls. And then she has her target buyer. You know, are there shops around town that might want to sell these? Anthropology was one of those that like got behind what she was doing. Obviously, they have a huge network of people and, and buyers. Um, where else could she go? If you guys just start to get together, this is why I want you to have your listening groups. I want you to meet up and I want you to start having these conversations. And when you start playing this game, it actually becomes like a fun puzzle. You'll start making lists of different kinds of people that you can go to. So recently, a friend of mine, she's a professional organizer and she was asking me the same thing, you know, how can I get more clients? You know, and I said to her, well, who might be some of your target buyers? And so I thought maybe she should reach out to, um, one thought that came to mind is like, why don't you reach out to some of these really successful realtors in the neighborhood who have these lists, these email lists of all these people that they know in this zip code who might be looking to sell their home and they might need to start getting some organizing done or people who just bought a home, who just moved in and might need to get some 
organizing done. Maybe, you know, reaching out to, you know, the mommy groups on Facebook and putting it out there that you have this organizing business and you're going to, you know, maybe give a free little workshop and you can talk about some of the tips or maybe you just put it out there to somebody who has a bigger net. That's what I want you guys to start thinking about and you'll be amazed at what starts to come to pass. Okay, before we wrap up, let's thank another one of our sponsors. Have you ever had a problem with your teeth that you always wanted to fix? Because I have. Um, my bottom teeth are just crooked right on the bottom, but I haven't ever wanted to deal with constant appointments and the long-term treatment of regular braces. You guys know what I'm talking about? So I have an option that's going to help. It's the new company called Candid. Candid is helping people gain confidence through accessible and affordable orthodontic care. You can get straighter and brighter teeth in an average of six months, and it costs 65% less than braces. What's so cool is that there's no office visits needed. Candid makes clear aligners that are sent directly to your home and are customized specifically for you to straighten your teeth. For someone like me who doesn't always have time for extra appointments, this is super easy and convenient. Plus, Candid only uses orthodontists while other aligner companies use dentists or dental professionals to review customer aligner plans. You're one step away from getting straighter, whiter teeth. Take advantage of Candid's risk-free modeling kit guarantee. Plus, when you use my dedicated link, candidco.com slash dreamjob, you're going to get 25% off on your modeling kit. That's candidco.com slash dream job to get 25% off the price of your modeling kit. Candidco.com slash dream job. Hey, Naomi, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, you're somebody who I've like genuinely loved. So I want to talk a little bit about your journey and what world you came from and how you've applied it to where you are now. It's funny. When I was in college, I started out majoring in psychology. About halfway through, I realized I didn't really want to be a psychologist. So uh, I discovered the communications major at Northwestern, and that really, really interested me. So I ended up majoring in communication studies, and that led to my first career, which was in advertising. I was a copywriter. You know, I, I presented to the CEO of Mattel when I was 22 years old. So I, I had some really good experience with, you know, thinking like a marketer. What does the customer want? How to talk to them? How to how to be interesting? You know, all the kind of stuff that is relevant now in my current field, which is real estate. And, you know, funny enough, the psychology is very relevant as well. My main real form of, of marketing, which brings me more and more clients, is um, email blasts, which I love because I can be off the cuff. I can write, I try to write about things that people are asking me all the time. So this is all the kind of stuff that a lot of real estate agents with, that don't have the marketing background aren't really, they might have the knowledge, but they're not getting it out there to people. And when people read this and hear about it, they realize that, you know, I know what I'm doing and they contact me. So that's the goal. Let's break that down further. From where you're sitting in your years of experience with those three things, studying psychology, being in marketing, and now working in this field of real estate, how do you feel? How could you articulate to us how that psychology comes into play when you're writing copy, when you're marketing something? What do we need to understand about that? It's natural for people that don't have the training in marketing to think about what they want to tell people instead of what do people want to know. So, I mean, I think radical empathy is definitely part of it. It's just, I know the pain points. I hear it all the time when it comes to real estate. What are the problems that people have? What are the, the questions that they have? What are they confused about? What do they really want to know? They don't really want to know that I sold 
more homes last year than anybody else in the 90035 zip code. It's nice. It gives me some credibility, but that's just me, me, me. That that kind of bounces off people. People want to know, what can you do for me? How are you going to solve my problem? So I try to address that in in the story format. I think when, when it's a real true story, when something happens that is unusual or work through a difficulty, and I actually write about how it happened, that is so much more meaningful to people than, yeah, exactly. It comes down to being a good listener. I think that's the absolute crux of it all. It's something that I've had to work on. I think no matter what business you're in, you need to have conversations with potential clients and hear what are their pain points? What do they want from your service? What do they need you for? And when you really hear what that is, you're able to answer it. Because I I think too many people are answering a question that hasn't been asked instead of actually listening to what the real issue of the client is. So, you know, a lot of people are afraid to start because they look at their current planner in terms of the client meetings they have and they see nothing, right? It's like, I'm at zero. And they feel like, who am I to even dip my toe in and begin anything, whether it's starting a blog, opening up a restaurant, because there's already people doing it and doing it really well. And then you're going to try to steal some of the audience from someone else who's been crushing it. When you started, how did you create a mindset where you, A, believed this was going to be possible in such a difficult market? And literally how start how to start because you have to start getting in front of people well i really believe in uh, fake it till you make it as soon as i got my license i was a, a realtor i wasn't an aspiring realtor even though i hadn't sold anything yet i'm a real estate agent this is the area i specialize in i know a lot about it and i just projected that confidence I was fortunate that I had bought and sold and actually flipped several homes in my personal life. So I did have real estate experience. I wasn't coming from totally blank slate. But my very first sale was a woman that I met in a mommy and me class. And um, we chatted for a few minutes and I actually hadn't passed my test yet. I think the test was coming up in a week. So I didn't say anything of that I'm studying for my test because then she's going to know I'm brand new. So I I find out about her. She's just recently moved here from out of state. They're renting. Her husband's a lawyer. And I just think, light bulb, she's going to buy a house and she's going to buy it from me. It ended up, we became great friends and she did buy a house for me. But I never told her that I was studying for my test. And then when I ran into her a few weeks later, right after I had passed my test, the subject of housing came up and I said, oh, did, did you know that I'm a realtor? And she said, oh, really? Oh, great. I'd, I'd love for you to help me. And I didn't say, I just passed my test. You're my first client. I mean, you know, I just sort of had that confidence. I faked it until I was able to make her my first sale. And, you know, that's always the hardest, the first couple. Once I had the first couple and they went well and and people liked me, they started referring me. And then I had more sales under my belt. And, you know, it kind of snowballs the the more you do. It took several years for me to get systems in place. I wasn't doing it at the very beginning, but I wasn't doing as many sales in the beginning. So, you know, I learned I'm constantly learning like you both mindset 
you know, I do things every day to get myself in a productive, you know, mindset of plenty. I really believe in that um, abundance. First of all, I'm fortunate that I had wonderful parents and they believed in me and they were the kind of parents like, well, if you can't do it, who can, you know? So I'm very fortunate that I didn't have a lot of you know, bad stuff to fight against. And, you know, I'm fortunate that when I got into real estate, I had a very supportive husband. And uh, I remember I really wasn't sure. I, I, you know, it was a whole new career. I had actually been a stay-at-home mom in between my advertising career and my real estate career. I had been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years. So I had really been out of, out of the picture work-wise. And the idea of just starting from scratch, you know, it was a little daunting. And my my father-in-law, who's been a broker for over 30 years, he said, just get your license and, and then figure it out. It's sort of that idea of just take one step. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to have a plan to be the top realtor in your zip code on day one. You just have to pass your test first. And then once you pass your test, you need to get your first client. And that, you know, so just when I say snowball, it's like I just always try to have a positive attitude. I do things like I exercise uh, every day. I do meditation. I have, you know, an online app that I do every day to try to get me calm, centered, open to opportunity. I really, really believe that opportunity is all around us all the time. And the difference between two different people is one person knows how to accept it and receive it and follow up on it and capitalize on it. And to someone else, it's it's like rain falling down. If you don't have a bucket to catch it, you're, you're not gonna be able to save that rain. Okay. So th- you're like blowing my mind right now. Cause I mean, we've done like 150 episodes of this show. That's one of my favorite things that anyone's ever said on the show. Like that really is so inspired what you just said. I get that. Let's see how we can break this down. I know it's hard to put words to these things, but how you understand that, what you see that other people don't, right? Necessarily how we could help them open their mind to feeling that that water is all around them and then knowing how to open themselves up to receive those those opportunities, those blessings. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Well, it's hard work. I mean, probably I have a natural predisposition towards sort of a positive outlook. So I'm, I'm fortunate that way. But I also work on it. You know, reading all those self-help books, you know, which, you know, in my 20s and which I, I continue to do, uh, listening to podcasts, you know, spiritual and, and religious readings. Like I, whenever I have time, whenever I have a few minutes, if I'm putting on my makeup in the morning, I'll listen to a podcast. I just want to feed my mind with positive, inspirational messages so that when I, that that's why my morning routine is so important to me that I, you know, by the time I start my day and deal with my first client and whatever, you know, drama is going on in that escrow for the day, I'm already, I've already been nurtured. I've, I've had a good night's sleep. I really think that's crucial. You know, I've taken care of myself. I've exercised, I've meditated. It's just by keeping myself fed I'm, I'm fortified. I, I agree with you. So that's really cool. And now taking it to like a more practical, tangible, tactical thing, what you can now do putting this on paper, what are some of those things that you did tactically and tell me some of the ones maybe that didn't work, you know? And then what were some of the ones that you're like, oh, this works? Tactically, 
on my very first day, I knew that email marketing is free, basically. So it's it's hard to beat. I mean, I did try other things. I did, you know, do do mailers, but I sent a couple. It was thousands and thousands of dollars. I got one phone call from somebody in the neighborhood I wanted to specialize in. And I was so excited when the phone rang and she said, did you drop off this flyer for blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, here it is. She wants to list her house with me. And she said, if you ever, I want you to take me off your list. And if you put that garbage on my stoop again, I'm going to make sure none of my friends ever do business with you. So that was my big, uh, yeah, it, it return on my uh, mailers. So it just, it wasn't for me. I realized I can write. I enjoy writing. I enjoy writing stories. There's a lot of stories to tell in real estate. So I knew I wanted to build up my uh, email list. So I basically just took all the emails in my contact list, all the emails in, you know, that I could get from Google. And then I started collecting them. Like, so, you know, some people, they CC like all 60 people in the <laughs> group. I'll Okay, I got them. And I'll just add them to my list. And, you know, slowly, every time I met somebody new or had a potential client, I would always ask for the email, add them to the list. Of course, there's an unsubscribe button at the bottom. So anyone who's not into it, that's fine. They can unsubscribe. But it just, you know, it, it, I made it a goal to get as many emails as I could local emails because that's important important to me. I remember you create opt-ins also, right? Where you are, you know, saying to someone, do you want this information? Give me your email address. And I remember one that I actually, when I say fell for, I I say it that way because I could have just texted you since I knew you. And I was like, this is so interesting. I'm going to put in my email right now to try to, and I was like, I could have just asked you directly, but I was so engaged by what you posted. She posted a picture of a house that had scaffolding on it that was in the neighborhood and it didn't have an address or anything or a price or anything. And you were like, this is coming soon. If you want more information and you want to be one of the first in to bid on it, you know, I'll, I'll give you the information, just put in, put in your email. And I did. I was like, oh, what is it? Um, that was super smart. Did you get a lot of um, emails from that? Yeah. I mean, that was that was really valuable because thank you. Yeah. Then I had a list of people. That's that's really what I'm trying to do is attract, not chase. So I'm trying to give people valuable content uh, that that they're interested in. If, if you are in the market to buy a new construction home or renovated home in this neighborhood, you're going to want to be on that list because you know how competitive it is as, as a buyer. So you're going to come to me. So yeah, I got a, a short list of people who are real qualified buyers in that price range and then maybe they didn't buy that house, but now I have you know 10 new clients to find something for. I want to go back to something you said before, which we skated past, but I think we should talk about it. When that woman called you and she's like, don't you ever leave that something like that in my mailer like that. Every industry, no matter what you're going to try to do, you're going to face rejection. And I think if people are honest, they don't talk about this enough. I think the number one reason people don't do what they want to do, whether it's writing their blog or selling their pie they're afraid they're going to deal with that. You know, someone's going to say something and they won't like it. Like you're dealing with rejection all the time. Let's talk about how you deal with rejection and what you think people can learn from that. You know, I mean, I'm human. I, I don't like to be rejected any more than anyone else, but I just keep my eye on the big picture, which is, you know, it takes so many no's till you get to a yes. So I just have learned to accept it as it's you, you don't get one without the other. It's part of the process. 
and it's okay. You know, I'm not the right fit for every single buyer and seller, and that's okay. That's the mentality of, of abundance. There's more listings in this area than I could possibly handle. So it's okay if somebody clicks more with another realtor or goes with them for whatever reason. I I know I'm going to, by doing the right thing, by being of service, by offering people value, it's going to come to me. I I don't enjoy being rejected, but I I just kind of try to say, next. Let's talk about the flip side of that coin, which is also really hard to do. How do you put yourself out there without going, oh God, people are going to think I'm salesy. I, I, I don't worry about it. I'm just me. I'm just real. And I talk about what I do. And I'm kind of fortunate that a lot of people are interested in real estate. You know, it's not like I'm, you know, doing colonoscopies or something. So <laughs> people want to hear about it. And actually, it comes back to listening, I think, and, and like re- being intuitive. So if the subject comes around to real estate, which I may, you know, be the person who steered it there. And I get that vibe of, I'm not interested. I already have a real estate agent, whatever. Then that's fine. I just don't have to get every person I talk to as a client. But if I get a bit of a lean in, then I know there's my green light to give them more information, to be more useful, to be more helpful. And then they'll come to me. That's really been the biggest thing for me is wanting to provide value so that I can attract clients instead of chasing leads, which is kind of the model in real estate that gave us that bad name of being salesy and smarmy. Just to sort of wrap up, what do you think is something mindset wise they can think about and something practical that when they turn off this episode, they can maybe think about making a list, brainstorming. One thing that's mindset And one thing that's practical that you think they could go ahead and apply? It's funny because I think mindset is the most practical thing you can have. So to me, they're kind of one in the same. But I would suggest making a commitment to yourself, which I guess comes from believing in yourself. But to make a schedule that, let's say, I'm going to listen to an inspirational podcast during my lunch hour at my desk every day, no matter what. I'm not going to, you know, schmooze with the friend down the hall, whatever. I'm doing this because that's going to be good for me. That's going to grow my brain. Like just pick one good habit. Getting those things to get, you know, in the right mindset, that starts the opening of the mind that leads to, you know, being able to actually catch those raindrops of opportunity. All those self-help books that you read all the podcasts, all the stuff that you consume, what's one thing you feel like that's one big low-hanging fruit that it's helped me with? I remember reading, um, somebody had interviewed a whole bunch of people, I think in a nursing home near the end of their life, and you asked them what what lessons they had. And the, the thing that really stuck with me from that was that people at the end of their life don't regret the things that they did or the mistakes that they made, people regret what they didn't do. And when I think that way, when I think really long-term, big picture, you know, when I'm 120, 
lying on my deathbed? Do I want to think, oh, I could have tried that. I, maybe I would have been good at that. But uh, what if I had failed? No, you know, I'm going to look back and say, wow, I tried X, Y, and Z and it was a total disaster. But you know what? A, B, and C worked out great. Like, I just, I don't want to have regrets. I want to go for it. Okay, so thank you so much for doing this. And um, tell us where we can find you online. Okay, I'm at Naomi at NaomiSelic.com. It's N-A-O-M-I at Naomi, S-E-L-I-C-K.com. You can contact me through my website or you could call me. My phone number is 213-280-9120. Also, if you're not in Los Angeles and you have any real estate needs, I'm happy to refer you to the best agent in your area. I'll do some research. I have some really good contacts uh, across the whole country. So I'd, I'd love to help you out. Okay. So I want to give you an update on some of our meetup groups because they are so amazing. And I do want to encourage you to join one of these groups because I think that when you get overwhelmed, when you start to have ideas, you need that support. You need other people who just validate what you're saying and then who can keep you accountable week after week. You know you're going to meet up with them. So you might do a better job of actually acting on some of these ideas. So our St. Louis pod and our Michigan pod met up for the first time. Another group had an online video call and people joined from North Virginia, Ohio, Florida, and Greece. Uh, Maya shared a few photos on Facebook and she wrote that the Southern Oregon pod group met up and they had their four-year-old and three-month-old with them. So they went to the park. Uh, They shared their current challenges, their favorite ideas for the podcast. They brainstormed ideas for their business. They want to do yoga, event planning, art, hummus making, and they decided that they're going to commit to working on their projects for 30 minutes every day for the next week. So it's awesome, they said, to have someone on their dream team, someone who believes all the things are possible, that they're enough, someone who gets what they're aiming for and is there to keep them accountable and add to their ideas and things that they wouldn't have come up with on their own. Um, If anyone else is in Ashland, Medford, or Grants Pass in the Oregon area, they would love for you to join them. So they said, go ahead and let them know. Um, And Maya said, P.S., my daughter took about 76 photos of us chatting. That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Thank you for sharing. Um, I love that you guys made that commitment to set aside half hour a day to work on your ideas. And it's so cool to hear that you've been finding this extra support and inspiration because sometimes having that one person right there on your team can be a complete game changer. If any of you out there want to join Maya's meetup group or any other meetup groups or the listeners in your areas, you can sign up through the link in the show notes um, or you can email us at hello at don'tkeepyourdayjob.com and you can find an accountability buddy just like everyone else's. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you have a question or a win that we can share, let me know on Instagram. You can DM me at kathy.heller or post it in our Don't Keep Your Day Job Facebook group. If you love this episode or any episode, take a second right now and think to yourself, what episode was my favorite? Was it Laura Casey's episode? Was it back in the day with Jonathan Nather? Was it Seth Godin? Go ahead and take a second and share it with someone who might need to hear that, who might need that encouragement. If everybody shared the episode, we would double our audience, which helps us tremendously. Thank you guys for sharing the episodes. Thanks for following me Instagram. And if you haven't already, take a second and please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, For Thanksgiving, which is coming up next week, I'm going to pick a few of you and send you a big thank you for leaving us a review. Um, So go ahead and do that now. And then if you find me on Instagram next week, I'll share with you how you can enter a really great giveaway. I'll be giving away some really fun stuff for Thanksgiving to three of you. So just make sure you've already gone ahead and left me a review on iTunes and I will make sure to be thanking you for it. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Monday.
got the heart of a hero.